0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. You are Locked On Jazz,
0: your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast
3: Network, your team every day.
1: It
2: is Locked On Jazz for the 12th of November. The Jazz start their stretch of games where they can get a rhythm by getting a rhythm on a weird, weird night in San Francisco. We'll talk about it. We'll get ready for the Brooklyn Nets. And I sat down with Mike Conley about the legacy of Memphis and the Warriors. Thought it was interesting. We'll share it. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it a whole lot better to be a jazz fan every single day. Hey, are you coming out tonight? We've got tickets available at utahjazz.com. There's the Ford uh, Family Pack, which is the uh, All-You-Can-Eat Pack as well. I guess it's the Ford All-You-Can-Eat Pack. So tickets are available um, Go ahead and grab them. There's some great packages available. And actually, when I was on the site today, there were two things I wanted to mention. There's the upcoming OKC Knicks Lakers package, which is $100 plus, I guess, you get bobblehead doll. And then there's another one where the, like, there's a little pop-up about Jazz Lakers on December 4th. So maybe there's still tickets to that. All right, anyway, let's do it. Um, so the Jazz start this stretch of games. Uh, our TV crew had a great note. I think the Jazz are favored uh, in a, a stunningly high amount of games. Um, coming up here in the, in the next period of time. Uh, really, uh, tip of the hat to Travis and Jeremy and those guys. Uh, this, this was a great note. Jazz are favored in 19 of their next 23 games. Uh, hope you guys realize what a great job the behind-the-crews crew group of, of Travis Henderson, Jeremy Brunner, Scott Rogers, our traveling party guys. Uh, there's a lot of other people, but you see Kristen and Bowler and Thurl and Matt, but those are the guys behind the scenes that travel with us and, and do great work. Um, I'll sit down maybe let you guys get an insight into who they are at some point. This, this, um, I really want to do an interview with Travis. Travis is amazing. Emmy Award winning. Um, does national TV. Does the NBA games. A lot of, uh, excuse me, the NBA Finals games. Worked the Olympics. Um, did the India games for the international feed for the NBA. I mean, he's big time. Uh, so it be fun to hear from him. We'll do it at some point. Anyway, um, so the Jazz have this stretch of games here where, I think they might be able to get hot and might be able to find out who they are now if you're favored to win sixty percent of the games, you only win six out of four, but um it, you know this is a chance to get rolling a little bit tonight'll be tough we I got to bet at four um that's why the show's so late today, so we'll see what happens but last night was kind of the first chance to get rolling and some of the things I think that when I say get rolling one of the things is whether the offense clicks in and so last night the Jazz played the 29th ranked defense in the NBA thank you to the Knicks that the Warriors are not the worst and that's exactly what the Jazz did they put up 119.5 defensive offensive rating they that was their best offensive performance of the year by a large margin Um, and you know they really torched them uh, defensively, the Jazz had one of their worst defensive nights of the year only because they didn't need to be good defensively. Um, and that happened, so I, I'm not too worried about it from that standpoint. But the effective field goal percentage last night was 59%, which is our third best of the year. Um, and we just didn't turn it over. A turnover rate got down to 11%. Yesterday on the show we talked about you just can't not offensive rebound and not get... And turn it over, and we did not offensive rebound last night. We only had 12% of our uh, offensive rebounds as, as or 12% of our misses as offensive rebounds, which is really super low. Uh, but if we're going to get back in transition defense and we think that that's the the counter to that, then we need to stop uh, turning the ball over, and we did a better job with that. And I think we're beginning to see signs of that. Uh, if you kind of look back, the Clipper game was 15 percent. Philadelphia game was 13 percent. Bucks game was bad again. It was back up to 19 percent. And the last night was 12 percent. So three of the last four, the numbers down a little bit. Bucks are super long and I do do that to you a little bit uh, defensively. The other one last night, I thought that was was good was the shot selection and namely Donovan. Now I, I I've kind of gotten you know rightfully so I've earned this. I've gotten boxed into a little bit of a corner here where. Um, you know, I, I've become the outspoken one for the value of analytics and, um, and I mean it, and I don't disagree with, it. I just don't like, honestly, Donovan so darn good. I just think it's, you sound stupid if you're being critical, but last night's shot chart was just a million times better. Last night's shot chart was nine, uh, three point shots in which he makes five of them. Um, he goes, <clears throat> you know, the floater is just still a problem. He went 0 for five on the, on the floater and, um, that's his that's a low percentage shot for him and so in that sense i don't know how you do this i have no idea from a basketball standpoint of how he makes the decision to be able to um get into a position in which he takes either that pull up or knows he's going all the way to the rim <laughs> <It makes sense. laughs> yeah you wonder how the
0: lineups in the roti- sorry about
2: that i was pulling up a number on him um it makes sense to me that that floater You know, happens. He's down to thirty-seven percent on that floater. That's what I was looking. He's at fifty-two percent on the on the mid-range shot, long two, which is great, and he's at forty-nine percent on the straightaway three. Uh, But what I thought I saw last night was I thought I saw him taking, and maybe something the Warriors were doing defensively allowed this. Um, I thought I saw Donovan taking the pick and roll higher, bringing the pick to himself higher, and then if they it allowed him to be off the bounce for a three point shot instead of being off the bounce into a mid range shot. Um, And right now the math is such that the off the bounce on the um, mid range shots pretty good. And so it doesn't matter, but he is suddenly, now this is a small sample size, but we're also 10 games in. He is now shooting 44% on off the bounce, pull up threes, 48% on catch and shoot threes. I mean, this is a 10-game stretch by Donovan Mitchell right now that is really remarkable. Um, and if he's a 45%, for, I mean, the he's shooting 46% from three. I, I don't know, maybe. I mean, he's got this pure shot, and he sure works at it. And he is Johnny Bryant or endless. But put this in perspective for a second. Dame Lillard's best year ever as a three-point shooter, now taking eight or nine a game, but those are similar type of threes is 37%, 37 37.5. Actually, his second year went 39. He's at 39 right now, taking 10 a game, which is unbelievable. Dame, by the way, I don't know if people have noticed this, but Dame Lillard is averaging 33 points a game, five rebounds, seven assists a game right now. He's playing the league-high minutes, too, at 38.6. So he is trying to carry Portland. But Donovan, very, very subtly after last night, he hit a bunch of off-the-bounce threes last night, is now shooting... 44% on off the bounce and 48% on catch and shoot threes. Well, if he's anywhere near that, we really don't want him taking mid-range shots. Now I get it. You got to take the mid-range shot to open things other up and you can't just take it away. But that is, that is real. And the off the bounce phenomenon is a game changer. And that's what happened a little bit last night is Donovan came off the bounce with those high pick and rolls, at least the way I saw it, and was able to, Bust open an open three, get an open three in a manner that w- were the exact same way he was getting his mid range shots, except for he was starting it higher. At least that that's at least what I thought I saw. Um, we could probably take a second here on an impromptu broadcast if you want to and take a look at his nine threes and let's do it. We'll do it. We'll take a look. This is how, I mean, Donovan did not take a long two yesterday. So maybe, Bradley was going to be a little quick. His first one, he backs up. The defender gets a pick from Tony Bradley and just walks himself into a pull-up three. The big is dropping. The pick is set up above the timeline, probably about 34 feet. He takes two dribbles. He sets into it. It's absolutely perfect, and he nails it. That's That's exactly what I'm talking about. Second one, he backs the dribble up a step. He's got his buddy Eric Pascal on him, and he just fires the three over him and misses. So no pick. Just walked into it. Probably a little bit of fun. Hey, we're going to win this game. Let me put one on you. Moutier drives. Great ball movement. Donovan now at the top. Takes just one dribble to his left and pulls into a three and hits. That's just a filthy, nasty shot that if he can make, makes him unguardable. Because he jabbed right. The defender went and he just hits a straightaway three. This time he's got picks waiting on each side. Boyan comes off the pick. They just forget to guard him. It was kind of ridiculous, actually. D'Angelo Russell is not a level to detail defender. Donovan pops out for a flare out to the corner. Nice catch and shoot, and he buries it. He's really shooting it well. These replays to watch are, are something else right now because he that's first half. We're up 66-50 at that point. He really just looks smooth. Some of these next ones are obviously not going to go. All right, here it is again. This time the pick is its a more of a dribble handoff or a flip from Gobert. Donovan's going hard to the left, has to pull into a pull-up three, and he buried it. Not very good defense by the Warriors. Most teams aren't going to let you get that. But there it is. The pick was just set a step higher. So he's worked. I think he had to make a conscious effort um, to be able to do this. Uh, Royce O'Neal finds him on a bounce pass. Seven on the shot clock. Pretty well contested by actually Willie Colley-Stein this time. Donovan misses a catch and shoot three. Transition. Donovan brings up the court. Gobert sets a lower pick. He actually has to back up. To get behind the three point line and comes up short, he was going backwards on the shot. That's Those two have to just get a little bit better connected. That's pretty interesting. I didn't know. I didn't remember that play. Moody driving, gets himself in trouble, kicks to Donovan. In- Ingles kicks to Donovan. His feet are set. Wide open three straight away. Somehow missed it because you don't make every shot. Wasn't planning on this on the show, but I always like these kind of moments. I think they're somewhat interesting um, to see. But I think it shows you I thought Donovan just made a concerted effort in trying to get the ball at different, in a different manner and to fix the shot chart a little bit. And the, the Jazz as a whole, I thought, did a nice job of fixing their shot chart last night. You know, to me, that that's really what jumped out to me last night was that... And the Warriors aren't good, but we've been playing mostly teams that are pretty good in a league where almost all the teams are good. We haven't played... There's about four bad teams, and that's it. And the Warriors happen to be one of them. And so I think we saw last night what, you know, if this team stays focused... The signature of the Jazz the last few years has been that they kicked the crap out of bad teams. And it's curious to me to see if they do that again for the rest of the, this year. If they're able to do that again this year, that'll, that'll be really interesting. I need to build the road to, to 50 or 55 or whatever we're, we're deeming as our standard um, for this team. And, and see what happens. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Homie. Actually, I was just talking to Adam Chase today. We were kind of talking, who's the Chase Marketing. We were going back to the original time I sat down with Joe and, and the and the crew and the ownership of uh, Homie. And it was interesting like to think back at, where homie is then to where homie is now like at the time I, I certainly we knew who homie was they were revolutionizing the real estate market he felt like there was really a gap inside the business that they, these same guys who started in Toronto were bright enough the property management group were were bright enough to see another spot in the marketplace where they could really help people and going to have great inroads on it and And sure enough, I think, you know, almost a year later, you're really seeing that homies, homies just about everywhere. Um, And they are prominent and they are changing the way the world, the business world or the real estate world works. And that's exactly what Joe and the guys were talking to me about at the time. It's been really fun to see it. We we opened this whole thing up when I did spots with homie talking largely about, um, you know, how you can sell your house with homie and what they do for you. Well, also, you can buy your house with Homie. That's right. Homie will refund you up to $5,000 back so that you can buy more money, more home with your money. You can buy more money with your home. Uh, that would be the other way around. Dyslexia never kills. It just confuses. Uh, so you can buy more home with your money. Just text LOCK to 88588. That's 88588. You'll be connected to a Homie agent. They'll do all the things you expect. They'll help you find your tree home, tour homes, make offers, negotiate the best deal for you, and then at the back end, work to get you $5,000 back. Just continually giving Utah their money back. Text LOCK to 88588. That's locked to 88588 to find out more about what Homie uh, can do for you.
0: Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking
2: We'll hear from Mike Conley in a minute or two. Uh, just a quick little conversation with Mike. I just thought he had an interesting perspective. The death of the Warriors kind of has happened, right? And um, I think it's worthwhile. Uh, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world for $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com slash lockdown and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Uh, let me just finish up some thoughts on the shot chart last night uh, by the Jazz. And I've another one that's interesting for what's going on with Utah. Again, last night was not a particularly hard game. It was a weird environment. I want to share that. Uh, But one thing I think is interesting is Boyan does not have a great game last night. Donovan doesn't have a great game the game before. It is not necessary for all of our players to have a star performance right now to win a game. And we're beginning to see that take place. Um, So last night, shot selection. The Jazz took 35% of their shots at the rim and 39% of their shots as threes. So it's a vast improvement. Uh, they only took 4% of their shots as long twos, which was three. And they took 26% of their shots as mid ranges. They were they're not 5 of 19. Uh, they weren't good at it. Um, but they weren't bad at it because that's just what the league is. Like, 26% is low. The scary thing last night is the Warriors took 38 mid-range shots and shot 55%. So the Jazz should have won that. You know, logic would be the game, Jazz win that game by about 20. Uh, Because that's an unnatural success rate for the Warriors. Though D'Angelo Russell is probably as difficult to guard as there is to guard in the league if you're dropping the big. Um. And we we dropped the big. So almost everyone in the league is dropping the big uh, at this point. All right. So last night was really strange. One, it's the first time in a new building. And actually, just it makes a broadcast uncomfortable. I didn't like our broadcast. I didn't like my performance last night. I'm sure Ron was fine. I was didn't think I was. I I don't. I thought I shot like Boyan last night. I don't know if I was as good as Boyan the night before. But um, it was just. And it was a strange night. So the Seahawks are playing the Niners on Monday Night Football. And about midway through the first quarter, the majority of the fans go inside their clubs and start watching the game. So the Warriors really pride themselves that every single seat in the building has the access to a club. Well, that meant that every single fan last night had the access to be able to get to a uh, television set. And they did. And then at halftime, when the Niners-Seahawks game was going down to the wire and was heading toward late fourth quarter and overtime, nobody came back to their seats. Nobody. When the Niners-Seahawks game was over, thousands of people flooded back into the arena, into their seats. I was talking to Alec Burks after the game, and I asked him if he, could, if he noticed that. And he said, yeah, it's like that every night. So... The Warriors have built this beautiful Taj Mahal Stadium and this at you know Chase Center, and it's beautiful and all. But one of the impacts of it is it's so nice that no one's coming back. Uh, the Seahawks had this a little bit when they first built CenturyLink Field, that on rainy days you could go inside. They had if you had lower bowl seats, we had season tickets. You had this access to the what was I think the Wells Fargo Club. And you could actually go inside and watch on a bunch of big screens or other games as well when it's raining out. And they had done a pretty good job that most of the seats you didn't get wet, but you still got wet. And so they would get a rainy day where you and a lot of people ended up sitting inside for a large period of times. And it just added to a really strange environment. And I thought last night was just... A bizarre environment. I didn't get to talk to all of our players afterwards. The other one I just could not figure out was whether our guys used any energy last night. I mean, we got in at four, and this is a weird one um, tonight uh, for us. But because we got in so late, and Brooklyn did not play last night, so they have a little bit of an edge. Um, I'll be curious to see what the what the line on the game is. I would guess it's probably six, which should be it should should be ten. I don't gamble on games. Uh, I'm a not allowed to, and I don't do it. Um, but the, um, it's 10. Wow. Um, I, I guess I've made my statement of what I think it should be. Um, but it is 10, uh, Portland's not, uh, Brooklyn's not playing great. We'll, we'll get to that in just a moment, but I, I, so we'll see, um, on how that works. Mike Conley, by the way, six of 11, 22 points, seven assists. Like, you know, I don't know when, when we relax, but, um, on what, or he starts to get comfortable. And Mike uh, yesterday with the media made a really interesting comment. And I thought this was, you know, he was taught, he was, ta- he, he was really quick to say, I, I don't want to make excuses. I- I'm not interested in making excuses. That's not who I am. Um, and I vowed I never will. But like somebody was Eric Walden of the Salt she was asking legitimately like about how different it is. Playing for a different things. He goes, you know, here's an. Ex-, he just said, here's an example. I'm not making an excuse, but here's an example. When I drove to home games at home, in for all those years in Memphis, I lived 40 minutes away, and I always played the exact same playlist. And I'm getting the idea that Mike could be, you know, I don't mean this diagnosed, but kind of that o- Ray Allen OCD type, um, where everything's got to be in order. And so, you know. This is for 788 games. Mike drives to Memphis, probably not the whole time, but most recently, and he plays the same playlist and he's ready to go. His commute now is nine minutes to the arena. It's like, oh, like that's different, right? There, I actually would say that I drive 35 minutes into the arena and I hate it when I have phone calls I have to make or things I have to get done on that drive because a lot of times that's my way of like, I just envision the game and i think about the game. i'm not a player but i think we all have routines. like if you're work being ready to go to work and perform, if you went from 45 minutes to 9 minutes, it's i'm not saying you couldn't work. i'm not saying it doesn't mean you can't be but it's different. it's a little bit different. um and i thought it was just an interesting comment on i don't know, it just strung, it's it um it struck me as a good example without making an excuse of something. Last six games for Mike now, 46% shooting, 49% from three, 19 points per game. And, you know, oh, well, you're including the Clipper breakout. Okay, well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take out the Clipper game. And he's at 41% from the field, 45% for three and 17 points a game. Like that 41's a little low, but everything else is about right. So he's he's beginning to click in. Um, and we're plus. We've been plus with him on the floor in uh, six of the last seven games. So we're beginning to see Mike Conley click back in. A uh, little concerned about Boyan Bogdanovich's shoulder. The way he went to the basket and then just grabbed at that shoulder. That was not a great moment. A um, little concerned about Royce O'Neill's hip. Willie Cauley Stein was just blasting people out there. So I thought there. I, I hope there's not a, um, you know, an impact here where. Last night's easy game ends up costing us. Uh, one thing I thought was very interesting on Boyan Bogdanovich, nine games into the season, he's shooting exactly his career number. His three-point shooting is above his career number, which is 39%, but it's right on line with his previous two years. His two point shooting is down. His effective field goal percentage is right on the number he's been the last few years. Now that helped, you know, last night he brought it back down by going, I think it was four of sixteen, four of fifteen. But it's it's good to note, like this is who he is. Like I think you know, you have an occasional game where he doesn't have the stroke quite right. Last night, and everybody else picks him up. In the meantime, he has not been ha- he's been brilliant, and he has not been wildly out of character. So I thought that. Um, was worth noting a little bit this Tuesday edition of locked on jazz is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai 4646 South state street, as well as in Logan and in Linden Blake's down in Linden, Jason crease and the crew is at is Murray. And then Ben is up in Linden. The Hyundai brand is one that I've really had my eyes open to and kind of fallen for, frankly, because of the consistency of what they put out for the customer, getting the best price for your dollar you really get more bells more whistles more pieces than you uh would on any other car buy uh and whether it's safety features like the back door not opening if a car is coming to protect your kids from opening it up into ongoing traffic whether it's uh, some of the cruise control items that they've been able to put in uh they have been on the forefront of developing technology and making it uh a great driver experience. Then you just, the cars are great. Uh, the different sizes the Palisades, the eight seater, the Santa Fe's your SUV, the Tucson's a little bit smaller, the Kona's the zippy, tiny little one that's similar to the Subaru, uh, uh, what is it, whatever that's, Cross Tracks or whatever it's called. And uh, they've just done a great job. And then you have the Sonata uh, sedan along with the Elantra. Murdoch's, they've been in Utah for 90 years. They're making sure you have a no regrets experience that's the combination that is murdoch hyundai stop on by forty six, forty six south state street but do me a favor rather than stop by send me an email at dlock09 at gmail.com and tell me you're coming i will forward it ahead and you'll have a party waiting for you like you're a rock star when you walk in you'll be part of the locked on jazz family so email me if you're gonna go visit hyundai at dlock09 at gmail.com we'll get you set up so you're set up before you ever walk on in
3: Hi this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device. Handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now, the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network, right now, and get your Gen 4 theragun today that's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on
2: we'll get to mike conley conversation here in one second i just thought it was an interesting time and place in nba history you have a guy with 13 year veteran um you know mem the warriors in memphis matched up and warriors were still thought to be too soft and they weren't going to be legit and memphis went up two one and everyone said this is it and then they closed it out um, so I thought it would, it's an interesting little time for me uh, to look at that. Audible is the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day free trial. Choose one audio, two Audible originals, absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. All right, let's take a second and give a quick preview of Brooklyn. Uh, and I am actually doing this with you for the first time. So this is a little bit on the run uh, Brooklyn comes in as the 19th team in differential. A little bit surprising, 4-5, uh, and five, but it'll be, we'll find something really interesting here. I do know some of this. Um, they're the third best offensive team in the NBA in the 26 defense. If you remember points gained when the year started, we talked about this. I had Brooklyn as this incredible offensive team and th- had them as a playoff team, but I, I had them as one of the elite offensive teams in the league. Right now, Dallas is one, Boston is two, Brooklyn is three, Phoenix is four. Milwaukee is five points gained is coming out pretty well, by the way, cause we had Phoenix ninth in the West. Um, I'm sure points gained is missed on new Orleans again, but I think there might be a higher power reason for why new Orleans always underperforms my numbers. The same reason why Portland always overperforms my numbers. I think that's related to something that I don't have. I don't evaluate in points gained, um, and has to do with, yeah, you can probably figure out what I'm saying. um, so let's take a look at Brooklyn what they do. They're a great offensive team. If we're if we're slow today having come in last night, they're going to they're going to jump us. They're the fifth best shooting team. They don't they turn it over a lot. They're the number 1 offensive rebounding team in the league and they're 13th at the free throw line. So this is not a great script. Uh, they don't defend. They don't force turnovers. They're 17th against the shot, but I'll get into this in a second. And they're they're t- uh, kind of a middle of the road offensive rebounding and fouling team. Now this is what's interesting about Brooklyn. As much as I'm saying they don't defend, I actually might switch this to they've gotten unlucky. So from a shot frequency standpoint, they're the fourth best team at defending the rim and the eighth best team at defending the three, which is should be good. Like I talk about this all the time. They are having an unnatural... Teams are missing at the rim at a very high rate. But on mid-range shots, teams are shooting against Brooklyn... Um, a high on the, let's see, where is it? On the long, oh, it's evened out a little bit. Earlier this year, I noticed that they had a, um teams are shooting 45% on the short kind of floater range and 40% on the long two. For overall, they're shooting 43% on mid-range shots, which is about the sixth worst in the NBA. Washington, Sacramento, Detroit, and Miami. A scary one is Miami. Maybe Miami's doing this on purpose because they're the number one team denying a three and they're the, um, and there, maybe they're giving all sorts of airspace there, but I think that it always equalizes, frankly. Um, so Brooklyn's been just getting a little bit unlucky defensively. I'd say Brooklyn still has an upward tint for all the talk about Brooklyn and how disappointing they've been and that they're not playing well and and all these things. You know, they're frankly they're four and five on the year. They're the third best offense in the league. They might be exactly, uh, and they've lo- their losses are not great. Their losses include a loss to Minnesota and Memphis. Uh, and Detroit, their wins are against Portland, New Orleans, Houston, and the knicks uh and they're trending in some interesting ways so one they they really just don't force turnovers at all. That should be good for us on a defensive standpoint they are they're not trend- they had a good defense game against the knicks, but I, i'm not sure that counts and they had a decent defensive game against Minnesota they were just terrible defensively against Indiana and Memphis, so that'll be interesting to see where. Uh, That was earlier, sorry, trending the opposite way. They had terrible defense games against Detroit and Portland, and they just got blasted by Phoenix, who scored 138 points on them. So they're going to come out after us a little bit in that regard. Um, Their offense has been on fire. They just torched Portland at Portland and New Orleans. So I, I think tonight could be a really, really tough matchup. All right, let's wrap the show up today with... Uh, just the conversation I had with Mike Conley. Just we were walking out of the arena. I just thought he might have an interesting perspective on, on what was the, the kind of start of the Warriors compared to the death of the Warriors that we now have seen. Um, and he was in the middle of it in that series. I obviously was taking him back to him a series he doesn't probably want to remember a great deal. But he was great about it because he's Mike Conley. Uh, and here is the conversation. So, if we, go, if we go back, you're up 2-1 on this Warriors team in Memphis Oh yeah. And if we still, if you go back, the narrative then is that they're too soft. they jump shooting team. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you remember about that? And just kind of, that's that. That's that team's arrival is that series.
1: Yeah, um, I remember remember it well. Obviously, it was a series that, yeah, as we were a confident team, we felt like we were like, okay, we can beat these guys. We can do it. Uh, we were physical. We were that team that. Nobody wanted to play, as far as the physicality standpoint of it, and um, like you said, the narrative was: can can Golden State be that be that team with that same edge? And um, a game or two swings things, and they and they end up winning, and it showed that you know all oh, these guys are for real. These guys can really do it, and they can play any style. Because we basically drug them into the mud, and that's what we wanted to do the whole game, every game, and and they were able to beat us at our own game, and that that showed a lot of. Uh, resiliency and, and, and that championship mindset they had.
2: I mean, I think that people look back at that series as that's the series that changed. Oh, yeah, that
1: right. series that changed the NBA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it does. It, I mean, if you look back at it, now you got they got three rings and and they had KD come along and they had a bunch of different guys in and out and to some extent validated Steph. You did. Steph. Steph became that guy that we all know. Uh, not that we didn't already think that he could do it as players, but. Uh, I think for the world, it kind of validated what he was capable of doing and, and the kind of mindset and championship, uh, you know, attributes he, he brought to the table. You, you thought that when you were up 2-1 and kind of gritting and grinding, you thought maybe that that narrative was true? Um, Not necessarily. We weren't even thinking about it. You know, for us, we played one style. You know, we played, we played grit and grind and physical and we fouled, we did, we grabbed and clawed. And so everybody we played was not going to do that better than us in our, in our mind and, and they were able to, to find a way. Thank you. Yeah.
2: That wraps up Locked on Jazz today. We will be live at 6 o'clock on the floor. And then we'll have postcasts for you. We just I had a computer uh, issue, so I did not have the right uh, setup last night for postcast. We'll have it for you after the game tonight with Ron Boone as well. Uh, and all various sorts of other updates throughout the day on Instagram at Dlock09. Snapchat as well for you. Thanks for all the people that have added me. On Snap. I do appreciate that. If you have not added me on Snap, it's DLock9. So thank you very much for doing that. And now it's time for you to tell your smart device play most recent episode of podcast Rejecting the Screen and then play most recent episode of podcast Locked on NBA. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in.